You're listening to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. Tune in each week to learn how we can all make inclusive marketing the industry standard. Welcome and welcome back to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I'm already laughing. I need to stop. (laughs) Uh, We have an amazing guest with us this week. We have Gemma Comley. I met Gemma and know Gemma through the Bristol area. And also Gemma was one of the first people to tell me she listened to the podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) there are people, actual people listening. It was a real fangirl moment for me. (laughs) It made me so, I was speaking about it to the team for weeks. I'm like, there are actual humans out there that listen to it. We are listening. We are learning. (laughs) Appreciate it so much. But I, when we spoke more, I really wanted to have you on the podcast because of your marketing background. But please share with our listeners who you are and what you do. Um, hi, so I'm Gemma Comley. Um, at the moment, I'm head of marketing over at Geiston. We're a bespoke software development company based in Bristol. Um, I have been working in marketing for more years than I care to admit. Um, I've worked in various different kind of sectors, the finance sector. Um, I've been agency side, um, done lots and lots of different things. Um, and I've really noticed like a change in marketing over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. um I think when I first started out marketing was very much organize the events and bring the drinks along you know I was quite the that that felt like what I was there to do Mm -hmm. um and now I see it as being a really empowering strategic role to play in a, a company I think it's I think it's really exciting I love my job um I I'm quite I've been quite nervous, I suppose, around the subject of inclusive marketing because I desperately want to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why I really fangirled over you when I first met you was I think you were one of the first people that made me feel like it was possible and that it was a very like approachable thing to do. So um, I love I'm a big fan of your podcast. And I've already said I feel like fraud to be on here. I'm here to learn, not to share my expertise. <laughs> there's so many things thank you so much for your (laughs) kind words but like the journey that you're even going on in marketing and the changes of it I think this is another level and just hearing because a lot of people are nervous between the two worlds I shift of marketing and AI there's a lot of nervousness terrifying (laughs) terrifying worlds (laughs) of approaching it for different reasons um but I would love to know since learning more about inclusive marketing and venturing into that world, what does it mean to you? Um, so inclusive marketing is about ensuring that your content, um, the things that you're putting out there is representative of the audience that you're looking to attract. Um, I went to see Kathleen Moran um, years and years and years ago, and she said, you know, society, when you like look at things, it should be like a mirror and you should be able to see yourself back. And I think that's how I feel about inclusive marketing, that it feels like people can see themselves in that. Um, It's a real challenge because I obviously work in tech and that's quite a white male dominated environment. Um, But I think the confidence that you've given me in it is that it doesn't have to, like every pitch you put up doesn't need to tick all the boxes. Because I think that's perhaps what inclusive marketing has felt to me in the past. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, have, have we got everybody in this? And and actually that's makes everyone feel a bit underrepresented, I would imagine, <laughs> because mm-hmm. your message is so like lost. So you've given me that real confidence to 
be clear about who I'm trying to talk to and what I want them to hear. And doing that in tech as well is such a interesting element because your role shifts. Do you ever do any consulting for the companies that you're building the tech for? Or is it just the marketing for your tech agency? Uh, just the marketing for the tech agency. So I'm not too involved in the client stuff, but I know um, having like a people impact of the projects we build is becoming like a really key focus for us. Mm. Um, so you know getting our like talking to our clients about how people are using that and like how do you want them to feel and things it's not just like okay here's here's your tech and off you go it's like let's talk about like what you're trying to look look to achieve from it so we are starting to bring those kind of conversations more in it's always difficult when you're able to advise and then having to implement internally Mm -hmm. but at the same time being consulting or being in the industry where you spend so much of your time highlighting the people you do the work for Mm -hmm. it can be difficult when you're like okay so how do we talk about ourselves like how do we put ourselves out there what have been some of the ways that you kind of highlight the work you do like what is your approach to marketing of the company so we very much feel like we don't we want to be part of the conversation part of the Bristol Tech sector and that conversation about how we can move things forward and make things great so a lot of our marketing focuses around um we do quite a lot of round tables where we get lots of CTOs that come along they have a nice bit of lunch with us and there's like a conversation we talked a lot about AI last time and how people are like implementing that in their businesses um, we are um, heavily involved in the Bristol Tech Festival. We're really, really excited about that this year. We've got some huge plans. Um, but again, our things that, you know, collaboration is like a really, um, it's one of our core values. And you see mm-hmm. that a lot with our kind of like marketing. We don't just want to be the person that's like, this is what you do and this is the right way. It's like a discovery process for, for us. And we like to be part of that conversation. And that just makes it so much easier, I guess, from your perspective, being able to, pull other people in because then I've always wondered when you're marketing from a company internally the only kind of people you have to showcase are the people in the business yes totally and the business in in all frank and honestness Bristol's an amazing place but for tech we're taking a time to like diversify that talent so you may not have the most representative team no and and actually I think we've probably spent more time looking at our internal processes over the last couple of years like it's a really um you know back in 2020 it was obviously a big wake-up call with the black lives matter black lives matters movement mm-hmm. but it was a real kind of moment that we all kind of like took stock about what was going on and a group of employees put together a EGNI committee um and we like looked at some of our processes and stuff internally about what more we could do um, and um, marketing fell under that umbrella of like different thing, few things yeah. we could look at. I think we had like four kind of pillars and it's really embarrassing that I might not be able to remember these off the top of my head, but marketing is definitely one, recruitment, mm-hmm. our processes and like the community, like our outreach. Um, and that was amazing. We did some really great things with that to the point where actually we've now put ed and as a, strategic focus so it now sits under Emily who's our CEO mm-hmm. and this reported at, at like the kind of like the top level and we've still got our steering group for eg which is like employee-led and they meet with like Emily what once a quarter and they talk through what the plans are and what we want to do more of um 
so yeah, so we've we've looked at ourselves quite a lot internally about what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for things like marketing, we've um, we've we've made a commitment that if we do a panel event, that everyone on there has to be it has to be as diverse as we can possibly make it. We can't we're just constantly pushing ourselves to like make it better because it's really easy to have a white male panel. Mm-hmm. Like that's like quite an easy thing for a marketing team to put together, but to have diverse experiences that's one way that we mark the success of how an event has gone that's so interesting that you had marketing in the original like 2020 reaction because from I had a lot of brands approach us Mm -hmm. and they were all just focused on recruitment they were like the few that weren't focused on recruitment were f- focused on influencer marketing and how to make that inclusive. Oh, okay. I would say it's only now people are starting to talk about it having its individual lanes. So that being part of the conversation so early on, what was the thinking then? And you mentioned that it's changed now to like it sits with your CEO. Mm-hmm. But what were like the original goals to now for the marketing aspect? Um, so I think at that point we were just looking at generally how inclusive our, you know our, our marketing was. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose we did a lot of like reviewing of things, like what mm-hmm. what were we what were we saying, and I think that has like twofold. I'm sure the recruitment played a role in it because you know we we recognise that we want a more, more diverse team, so you have to show a, a more diverse team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something that we feel passionate about. I think having a female CEO makes like a real kind of difference to um it's like it's already high up our agenda I suppose Mm. and we're quite committed to making change in the sector um so I think you can't ignore you you have to include marketing as part of that sector that is so good sorry part of that discussion discussion yeah early on that is so interesting because I normally am the one when I go into organizations having them separate the marketing inclusive stuff away from the HR stuff and then the only time it tends to cross or I see it cross is that recruitment element where they're Mm. looking at the employer brand and trying to make the employer brand more inclusive to attract more inclusive talent which is crazy when you think about it because I think like your your brand your employer brand and like your internal culture are pretty much all like the the same thing to to, to me you know like at Mm. the core of it like I'm not going to put out inclusive marketing messages if it's just not important to us you, you know like if, if that isn't something that's in the business um I know something you've talked a lot about on the on the podcast is you know uh international women's day and these days that you just kind of like pride month and stuff and you know like that then becomes like that checkbox like activity I'm not going to put posts up about it if we're not actually doing stuff internally Mm-hmm. To, to reflect that change it, it, like everything I do f- has to feel really true t- to me and what the business is doing and I'm so lucky that everything at Geiston d- does feel very true and genuine so um yeah so, so so I think it I think it all needs to like be thought of together and have that linked relationship I was curious to know Geiston sounds amazing and I know it is clarity you guys but <laughs> Have there been any previous roles where you've gone through those kind of hashtag days? Because I know some, I used to have clients back in the day that are like, oh, today's International Cookie Day, post something. And I'm like, what, what, why? (laughs) Um, You have to go through the checkbox for any past jobs you were working in. I don't, 
there's definitely been I don't think it's been about the days and the social media days it's probably been more around like imagery and stuff on a website mm. and mm. like trying to set up like false situations you, you know to kind of represent the brand and I don't know I'm, I feel really mixed on that because you you know we you do have to show it don't, don't, don't you like mm-hmm. but sometimes again it just didn't feel very genuine it's like let's just stick a woman in that leadership team meeting but they're not there normally you know that kind of <laughs> yeah that, that, yeah that the kind tokenization of thing. The to- the yeah tokenized, that's exactly it yeah and and I think you know sometimes I'd be the woman that would just be pushed in the room and that made me feel like not really? great <laughs> I'm just here for the photo shoot so I that's so fascinating I never thought how much that would happen inside a business because it happens to me a lot of conferences where oh I can imagine <laughs> photographers will follow me around all day and I just start posing for them I'm like oh have you got enough yet <laughs> yeah yeah so they would ask you to come into the corporate meeting and be like can you sit down and be in this photo yeah that's just kind of balance you know things out so yeah that's such a because I do feel a there's two elements because like there's an element of people do that with stock photos as well where they chuck mm-hmm. a stock photo in there and that person does not work in the company but then they want to be inclusive in a way and I'm just like <sighs> I, I think it's okay if you're making the moves behind the scenes to make that a permanent change I think mm. You know, if perhaps your only option is to go for a stock photo in that time, then I don't, I personally believe we should not people for making that effort as long mm. as there's stuff going on behind the scenes to make that a genuine photo at the next kind of like opportunity. You know, but if two years later, you're still rolling out the same people, then that's a bit more of a red flag that this isn't a genuine change. So it's having the stuff to back it. Um, some of the things in regards to backing it, I recommend sometimes is to put their policies public and like how would you say especially for a small organization how would you say they should show that they're doing the work behind the scenes in their marketing um I think it's just I mean for me marketing is about like opening the curtains but to see like what's really kind of going on Mm -hmm. and I'd say it's about um just feeding back and being part of that kind of conversation really again you know um we are we do like an EGNI report that we share internally like every quarter um and we're talking about how we can make that more of a presence on our website and you know make that a, a thing that's part of a, like a section um because there's some great stuff kind of like going on and I think if you know I'm a big the other podcast I like a lot is that how to fail by Elizabeth Day and Again, I think if we all kind of share what's going on and what we're doing, that makes a real difference. Because sometimes, you know, if you're just geist and you're sat there on your own and you're like, wow, what can we do? There's like so much to be done to change things. We're quite passionate about making steps in sustainability, but Mm. we're not going to solve all these issues on our own. We need to kind of come together collectively to kind of share our experiences. And share the question. No, it does. (laughs) It really does because it's it's sharing what you're doing, even if you don't think it's perfect internally and I think there's so much aspects on that journey that that level of transparency just makes it show that you're doing the effort you mentioned sustainability and that I couldn't remember are you guys B Corp no we're not do we care for what I say here um so guys have gone through the process 
we're kind of like still going going through some of the checks and things mm-hmm. um i think i'm quite conscious that again that isn't just a label that people put on their websites to show that they're doing all these great things i haven't actually been close enough to the process to be really kind of like clear on what's involved um sometimes I feel like it's just like a badge that people can wear um and I wonder if it's a real kind of like movement I I, I'm not sure so so I'm not sure like yeah you know I I I feel there's something I feel like you have to be quite perfect to be B Corp from my understanding Mm. like you know and and I think it's that I think there's a place for us all to get something together in Bristol where you don't have to be perfect. Everyone's just making, everyone's on the journey and they're like making like steps towards it, you know, like we're trying our best, but like to be more sustainable, we're trying to, to do more around AG and I. So let's all get together. We can recognize that and we can recognize people are like moving forward in things. It's a rather journey, than isn't a stamp. it? Yeah. Yeah. Rather than this is done. I think because the, the reason I'm asking about the B Corp is, I have this weird feeling that I haven't dived into it either. People have suggested it to me, but I'm like, I'm in my lane. I mm-hmm. will think about sustainability when I have brain space. I'm sorry. That's just the way the priorities are for, for us in our business. Um, but I wonder if marketers have ruined the way I feel about B Corp. Maybe it's the new International Women's Day. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I love marketing. It's so amazing. But sometimes it does ruin a thing. It, it does ruin a thing it it well it changes its meaning doesn't it you, you know and I, I do think pride's like a great example of that like last was it july that wasn't last month was it i've lost all track of calendar <laughs> but we didn't change our logo this time because mm-hmm. i just i felt like everyone was doing it and it just felt a bit meaningless you know just to kind of put this rainbow logo up we've done it in previous years but this year i was just like i'm just I'm not sure that's the way to show support behind the, mm-hmm. you know, what we're trying to achieve. I don't think I'd feel supported as a someone who was like looking at guys to the brand or, you know, potentially someone who might come and work here by just seeing that logo change. I think there's like other ways to demonstrate that. And I think that is a really good marketing choice because it's it's laid in your brand values of like, are we doing the change to back it? No, then we're not going to do a public show a face just for the sake of yeah and, and it, it it's just got a bit too noisy hasn't it so you know we did we did do some great stuff like internally um I was just like I don't think they're changing the logos we, we just everyone else is doing it what are they actually doing to like back it up and I don't mm-hmm. want people to think that we've just changed our logo tick pride month done you know there's other other ways for us to show it we had all the flags in the office there was like quizzes and stuff we ran it's great Great, like internal kind of like stuff that we were doing focusing on the culture I do yeah. like, I like that I like that because yeah sometimes so the that, my current feeling with B Corp and Pride and International Women's Day is that they all need a new thing they need a next kind of re-emphasizing the movement and have the marketing supporting it not leading it yes yeah I think it's and it's great to have these days isn't it and and it, it brings it like into focus and I'm not against that. Um, we had a, a really great breakfast event for International Women's Day this year. Um, 
But I think sometimes what we struggle with is what can we do next? Like you leave that room, you're full of buzz and you want to go on and achieve great things. But like what what can we do next? What's the next thing to kind of move that kind of conversation forward? Um, so that's the kind of discussions we've been having like internally. What's next? You know, we can do great stuff at Bristol Tech Festival on People Day. It really do a big shebang about it all. But like what happens next? What's the next step? What's the next action? And and I think it's about getting the right people in the room. Mm. I could quite easily, I'm sure, find 100 women to go to an International Women's Day event. In fact, we did. I think there was about five men there, <laughs> you know? And, and I think it's about kind of addressing that. Um, someone internally, Becky, Becky Burton, shout her out. Um, she's done an amazing um, allies guide on our internal wiki pages that we have mm-hmm. um and it's like full of information about how you can support like underrepresented groups um and I think there's something about rolling that out like externally mm. that we can do does all of the comms within the company sit with you so did you have to approve that before it went internal um no um that came from the committee okay yeah um so yeah Becky and um Isaac have done an amazing job um they've we have um like slack and this chat bot I'm probably not giving it the right name that shouts out announcements and stuff over the the speakers internally and they've put in like religious dates of like key events and stuff that are kind of like going on so you know and then you can like link back to this page and find out more about it it's it's amazing it's such a great resource I love when techies do techie things. I know. <laughs> it's it's amazing. They've linked and it, everything is connected, and it's just like, yep, it's done. <laughs> it's just amazing, yeah. They blow my mind. And, and they, they've used that. I mean, this is a slight tangent, but they've got the AI-generated voices now that have come out of this, like, chatbot thing, and it sounds like Jake is telling everyone that the pizza's ready in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you have AI voices announcing all these things. I guess that removes any, because it's interesting because when I hear it, I'm thinking if you have to approve these documents, which I'm glad you don't, it's a lot of pressure to put on one person in a company. Yeah. But then to have it distributed and then I guess to even add the AI on top of it, it makes it more of a, this is just part of our culture. Everyone takes ownership of it. Oh, everyone's done like little bits of this. It's really great. So you've mentioned, and I don't even know if you've noticed this, in your role, you're, okay. you, you put event planning and management in there. I personally wouldn't sit that, and I think that's a whole separate role in itself. Yes. What, being the the lead marketeer, and you were the solo marketeer in the company, but you're mm-hmm. no longer there. How are you managing all of that and then learning and adding inclusive marketing to it because I teach it I just I don't have to add it into the company um so I'm I'm not a, a solo team member anymore so Mia joined back in January and she is generally the best thing that's ever happened to me ever <laughs> um she is amazing um she's joined the team and she's like absolutely smashing it I think um 
I think in terms of Geiston, I think I've got such a supportive like leadership team. Mm. Um, I think that makes like a real difference. They really care about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And they support all the, I suppose, extracurricular stuff that kind of like goes on. You know, it's <laughs> not um it's not a big corporate kind of machine where, you know, you're you live and die by your MQLs like every month and stuff, you know, that kind of like they want to add more value. They've got more value to add. And that's where we see a bit of a point of difference, I suppose, you know, that we care about the people that we work with and that work with us. So you don't ever have to like pitch your ideas to do something new or, or try to convince they're pretty, sounds like they're pretty on board with most things. Oh, so on board to a point where it's almost frightening. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I think this would be really cool. And Emily and Rick are like, yeah, that would be so cool. Let's do it. So I I kind of sometimes sense check what I'm saying (laughs) before I commit to it because (laughs) I'm like, can I do this? Yes, let's do it. Um, And I think, yeah, I mean, they're just the best group of people ever. I think that makes a huge difference. It when makes a huge difference. Stepping into a new area and it's new for the whole industry in general. Having someone, having the team support you in the back end to be like, oh yeah, go ahead, make those changes, do that thing and trust you with it as well. Because yeah. I'm guessing if inclusive marketing was new to you in the company, it's new to the whole company. Totally. I mean, I, I suppose it's, it's like a new and an old thing I think that's how I feel about inclusive marketing it's not like it's perhaps just more of a consideration it's more of a strategic thing but it's it's an issue it's issues that people have always cared about you know it's not like I've got an education piece there of this is a really important thing to do because of xyz um they're there you know that we're already at that point um it's just how we kind of go about doing those things and you just make mistakes all the time don't you we we put together this job pack like last mm. year for our grads and interns and um we spent ages we like looking at the content and like looking at the pictures and the people team have done such an amazing job of like trying to like make sure the language is like appropriate and like appealing across the board and we like looked through last year's one and we were like oh we've put we've talked about EG and I there and then we've just put a picture of white males here <laughs> and we were like what did we do that for <laughs> you know we got like so in the weeds of it and <laughs> we didn't notice this like glaring mistake but it's not there's no blame there there's no like finger pointing and it it's all it's all very supportive of each other it's so good that you were able to reflect on what your principles were that year compared to the the year before when you put everything together and just kind of it sounds like you just saw it made the change the whole team agreed and you kept it moving oh totally totally you don't kind of dwell on a mistake really it's um it's just one of those things isn't it it's just human and you, you can just like learn from it I mean it was a bit cringy actually when you know when I look at it I'm like oh Gemma what were you thinking <laughs> Trust me, the photos and the context of photos there's been so many cases where you don't see it until it's in another scenario and you're just like we've missed stuff as well I remember we had a client send us something to audit and we labeled out all the big things and then there was this one tiny it was like an illustration of a mouse with a rasta hat and we're like why 
how did yeah. we miss that that feels terrible I saw it after I was like no remove it remove it now anywho <laughs> Rasta hats aside um please do not do that in your illustrations anyone listening um, yeah <laughs> check your pictures <laughs> has there been anything that you found difficult or you're still exploring to understand in inclusive marketing um I think we're probably pretty good at um talking about our culture and making that quite um representative I'm not sure we've got it down with our client stories yet I think that's something to kind of work on um I think we as I said earlier we, we we're very focused on like I suppose like new business kind of like coming in and making sure we've got a real mix there in terms of our events and um but yeah I I think we could probably tell our client stories better Mm, that's a tricky one because I guess you have no control on who in the team from the client side you're working with no okay um mm, but there must be a way there, there must be a way to kind of bring that out I haven't I can't say I spent like loads of time thinking about it either to to be totally frank um but that's one of the kind of like long-term goals I think of mine is to try and think of a way to to tell those stories better it is you know that's definitely a tricky one because the only way I can think would be their values and be highlighting their why they're doing it but Mm -hmm. we have this um game we play like what would happen if this really terrible person was to use our software and we try and find ways that we'll that would still make their campaign inclusive it's like we could pull on this narrative right here and highlight yeah. that amazing thing but sometimes it's, it's such a dive yeah yeah and 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 I think perhaps client stories and case studies I suppose you, you sometimes you write them for like quite a specific purpose you know it could mm-hmm. be like you know, as part of, like as they go through the sales process, for example. So, you know, there's there's quite a lot to kind of consider there. But I think that um, now the team are starting to consider the like the impact of their of the projects and stuff we're working on a lot more. I, I think there's perhaps a narrative around there that we can talk about the people behind it, not just you know C sharp. You know, this not just <laughs> we reduced the lines of code by eighty three percent. Yeah, you know, but we we can, and and I think there's probably more stuff we could do about their users and who's actually mm. using the product at the end and getting some kind of, because you know there's thousands of people using Geisen software, so then you know there's definitely some stories there that we can get hold of. Yeah, that would be re- from a outside looking in. That would be really fascinating to see. Okay, there was a Geisen project, and then the kind of impact quote-unquote report of like how sustainable it was what people it helped how accessible Mm -hmm. it is yeah that would be really fascinating because a lot of the times I've I think I've advised some people where if you're working with a web development company or you're working with a software company and they don't mention accessibility make sure you raise it because it's not it's the thing that they constantly get missed or they have to go back and build in afterwards And, and that was something that came up from our internal EDI committee is raising the profile of accessibility on on projects and things so it's now been like written into our proposal docs and yeah that's really, such a that great is group. a really good <laughs> tip that's a really really good so you have it 
when you're quoting for costs and everything it is part of it the accessibility built in to the whole uh, project the, I, yeah and it's I don't exactly know that how they put the proposals and stuff together but it's the the people impact is now part of how we talk about your project as well so it's kind of getting that narrative right from the beginning mm -hmm. and that makes it so much easier because then when their project is wrapped up and you're writing a case study in the thread the client is not surprised or anything because you've mentioned it at the start and you'll mention it at the end yeah cool okay so we're coming to the end of the podcast okay However, I wanted to do a little fun, fun, experimentally thing with you where we try and make a campaign or a thing more inclusive. Okay. So I've been thinking of two things. Um, one, to do with your work life. So okay. how could we rebrand, you know, AI and that stuff to make it sound more inclusive, maybe? Mm -hmm. Um, and then one, because I know you are a mother, um, any like children products that you're just like, why are they, let's do a, a mini campaign for that. So you have your options of two areas. I think we should do the AI one, I've got to say. Good today. Okay. So. I spent that... a long summer with my children, <laughs> as I told you. <laughs> I was like, you know, it might be that they're not in the campaign at all. <laughs> yeah. It's for gin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's say we're doing a campaign for a new AI client that's come in and you guys have built it. Yes. And you've got, um, you can make a video uh, one minute long and you can just say whatever, just to change the narrative and make AI seem more inclusive. What would be the first things you would pull to? Um. I think I'd probably just take it straight from the AI and just really focus on the benefit because oh, let's say the tool we built was something to do with marketing. I'm honest and it's trying to appeal to, to me. I don't really care about the tech that goes behind it. You know, like that's, I want to know how that's going to make my life easier. So I think sometimes if you can, if you, particularly AI, I find it quite intimidating. And I feel that um, it, it, it almost puts me off. I think, oh, is this going to be a really technical kind of like product? Mm -hmm. So I would just, if I was like rebranding AI, I'd almost move away from it. <laughs> and it's it's just a tool behind of what, what it's doing, isn't it? It's, I don't know if that's the right answer that you're looking for. No, I'm I'm thinking that you said something about life made easy. And I was going to go life made easy with AI. But then if we remove the AI, life made easy by, and then whatever the random name of the company is. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't even mention it in a commercial. You'd just be like. Maybe like a little bit at the end, but it wouldn't be my lead kind of like message. You know, like chat GBT. Great. You know, if I, if I was to like do a campaign around that, it would be about stopping that writer's block it, you know like it would my advert would probably be a marketeer sat with a blank screen tearing their kind of like hair out and mm -hmm. feeling like completely frustrated and then chat gbt comes and gives you some points that you change and you edit and you go well that's terrible i'd say it that way and before you know it, you've got a blog post at the end of it okay so i get how we can spin that i like that so it would be 
I don't know how you could work in because one of the tricky ones to work into ads is the representation of like learning neurodiversity or mm-hmm. um mental health it's kind of hard to to blend it in without saying it directly but it could be like for the dyslexic marketeer making sure you don't start from blank pages yes yes okay I like that and then we can do it for each marketing role I guess for yeah and people with different challenges like that you know are like ahead of them you know this is yeah that, that's how I would kind of started I like that I'm I'm seeing it now so the dyslexic marketing no the dyslexic copywriter making sure you don't start from blank page because you everyone could be a copywriter maybe like ADHD and SEO I don't know why I'm putting those two together they feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of people who I've met in SEO have ADHD but I don't know if they're correlated in any way no uh, uh... <laughs> Uh, now now yeah. you mention it, I can see that pattern as well. <laughs> you can see it, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> yeah, I could see how it would be empowering marketeers, but then highlighting that it's like leveling different challenges you have. Yes, yeah. With or without neurodiversity, but yeah, it's just the, the day-to-day challenges of making content. Yeah. I I like that campaign. Okay, ChatGPT, I'll leave you to get in touch with us. Yes, yeah. We are available. We are available. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We know how much you made in the last quarter, so we will be charging <laughs> appropriate prices. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think sometimes like a big challenge around like, the tech industry and diversity is that you feel like you have to be this like super smart, like nerdy person to understand it all and like benefit from it. But actually, I think what we're trying to say is that everyone is benefiting from tech so don't be don't be put off by like getting involved and just giving it a go Mm -hmm. I think there's so much missed in the marketing of tech and the conversation around it where people still think it's all code Mm -hmm. they still think and I think there's a lot to do with um tv and how it kind of ruined it like they think techie people come and sit and there's green screens and no black screen and green writing and it's all ones and zeros and one of my favorite things about Geisen is that like we don't lock the devs away. I think for ages I thought you went to a software company and they were like in the basement just coding away. But, you know, like they just they just walk around and you can just talk to them and they talk to clients. It's it's great. Oh have you done a meet the devs campaign on Geisen? We do have a meet the team. Yeah, the, the team. faces behind the giant minds. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, that would be amazing. Because yeah, people don't think about the people making the tech they just see the outcome yeah and and giving the devs like a voice is something that I'm quite interested in getting more more out you know like hearing you know what they think and yeah sharing that voice because really that's who we're marketing isn't it Mm -hmm. you can definitely you can probably get all their opinions on AI I'm sure it'll be very different in between (laughs) yeah just screenshot the slack channels (laughs) I'm just kidding. I would never do that if any of the devs are listening. That has not been done. That has not been shared. Your Slack channel is still a safe space. (laughs) Thank you so much, Gemma. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Please share with our listeners where they can find you or Geisten or anywhere on the internet that you'd like them to check you out. Oh, check us out on LinkedIn. Um, We're uh, we're on Instagram um, at Geisten Software, I think is our 
handle. Oh my God, what an awful marketing person I am. <laughs> I love the first LinkedIn shout out. It's true. B2B marketeer. LinkedIn. Yeah, first. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put those links in the description wherever you're watching or listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. Speak to you soon.